What's up, guys? This is your not-so-classified Millennial Survival Guide. Happy Friday to everyone out there. This is your host, Dalton. And it's your host, Katie. And I think today we're just going to kind of kick it back and, and relax and talk about a few things that I think everyone is affected by in one way or another or in one shape or form throughout their lives, especially within our generation. Wouldn't you say, Katie? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I think it's as much as like a relaxing topic. It is... um. It's kind of a serious one just because I do, I know in particular, um, my parents kind of consider it like a hoax in a sense. And um, I really come to the realization on how like real this stuff is. Yeah. Today, guys, we're going to we're going to talk about just overall mental health and uh, ways you can maybe battle it and ways that we find that help us kind of, you know, get out of a slump whenever we're either feeling a little anxious or maybe even depressed or, you know, whenever you just kind of get in that mood that you just can't seem to crack or get out of. Um, we're going to get into that today, guys, and hopefully have some advice for you guys that helps you uh, one way, shape or form, you know, kick a kick a little uh, slump that you may be in. From what I've read and what I've heard and even just looking around, we are a generation that is known for having such high levels of anxiety, such high levels of depression, and insanely high levels of stress. And as someone who feels all of those things at different times in their life and has been there, it's not always the easiest thing to battle. And I think like one of the biggest things is just figuring out like what you do that helps you with it in a sense. Right. And I, and I think, you know, and I, I can also agree, I've, I've battled my fair share of um, I think anxiety more than depression, but, um, you know, you get in certain situations in life where you kind of, you get the jitters and there's just no way of getting out of it. And you kind of start to, uh, in my, in my sense of things anyway, like hyperventilate to a point. And it's just, um, I think it's because of the pressure that we, and personally, it's the pressure that I've been put under to, to execute in so many facets of life that um, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, I think like, I always think like the biggest one for me that it's come across is um, like, how do I put it? It's like every generation and like people like don't like always say like, oh, like we have such high stress and they don't understand why it's, I've always like been in the depression and like I've been told by my parents, like I work hard because I wanted to give you a better life than I had. And eventually like when you start a family, it's like, okay, well, I want to give them a better life than I had or like build off of that. And it's just like this such high expectation and pressure that like you just naturally put on yourself because you like you look at like what your parents have. And I come from parents that like work their butt off. I just actually celebrated my mom getting another one of her master's degrees and like see all their accomplishments in such a short amount of time that they have done them. And it's just like, that's what I have to live up to. And it's and it gets really overwhelming at times because I know we're not the same people and also like we're not in the same career path at all. But it's just like, okay, like I need to be their level of success in my career in a sense. Yeah, no, I think for some reason our generation, whether it was the premium that um, we've been put on to go to college and succeed and kind of get out of and, and I think maybe this is just my perspective coming from a very small town that was um, that is kind of trade oriented. And um, our generation was pushed in towards a um, 
into a college phenomenon, if you could, if you could kind of call it that, where there was a premium set on going to college no matter what. Well, and yeah. Not to to college, but to succeed highly at whatever you did. And I think that's just kind of added to the um, stress of not only do you have to pick something right out of high school that, you know, you, you want to do for the next four to five years, but you have to succeed highly at it to have any kind of like satisfaction to bring back home to your parents without feeling ashamed. Yeah, I think I don't even know like what job you can do that you don't get like what job you can have that you don't need a college degree for. And I know that there are some people that have done it and I've met them and that's amazing. That's wonderful. But 97, 95% of the jobs you can't, you can't, you like used to be able to become a cop without going to school. It's just, you went to the police Academy and now you need at least two years of minimum of college. Yeah. And it's any job you go to, like my dad didn't go to college. I mean, he took some college courses, but he didn't officially go to college and didn't have a degree. And like for me, he's like, well, you need a degree. It's not even the major. It's just in general, you need a degree to do something. I think it's so priceless what you just said. It's it's huge because um, one, one of the guys that I listen to on, on podcasts myself, he talks about how he wouldn't even qualify – for like entry level positions at the company he owns. Now, mind you, he owns the damn company. He didn't go to college. He was pretty much almost a high school dropout. He didn't finish his senior year, went and got his like GED and started his own company through brand building and marketing and stuff like that by learning. But he makes the like such the like catch 22 of like he, he wouldn't have a sniffing chance at getting hired in today's society, which yeah. is the premium that's on the college degree. Yeah, it's just also just like um, the job market's like so competitive. I don't know if you've ever seen, but there's a YouTube video where I've seen where like Japan and China, they're like one of the most competitive business places in the world. Like to get a job, even just in America, it's it, it's hard, especially like a good paying job with good benefits that like you know is going to not only get your foot in the door, but like be able to get you to the next level that you want to be at. And it was maybe four or five people from like top companies who – they were in charge of hiring the new people as well as other things. Mm -hmm. And they were given like two or three applications to look over and to decide like which one they went to. And they ripped apart every single applicant. And it ended up being like, one of them was their daughter. One of them was their husband. One of them was their best friend. One of them was their sister. And it's like these people that they know are like good, hardworking people. And it just like shows like how competitive and how much, a resume does basically jack shit for you in a sense other than like makes let someone know that like you want to like get in the door which like it's it's scary because they that's that's what people go off on your first impression and that doesn't say anything about your ability to like work hard do your best and ready to learn type of deal and i think that kind of that kind of ties back into why people are so easily depressed in our society and especially with our millennial generation is that you know you can be the most hardworking, put in more hours than anyone else and then someone who you you've watched you know maybe a classmate or something like that that's kind of just put in minimal effort and you know done the done the least amount of work throughout school get the big job right off the bat leaving college because they were able to have 
similar to, you know, similar to you, they were able to have the same kind of grades. And that's really all that people look at at the end of the day is like a certain GPA or maybe, you know, clubs they were in or stuff like that. But it's, um, I feel like it's, it's become so competitive that it's only based on a certain amount of prerequisites and not truly what makes a hard, hard worker. And that's where people can like begin to fall behind, even if they are one of your hardest workers. Even just like job hunting is just stressful and it leads to anxiety. Especially when you do that interview, you come out and it's, you rethink every single word you said. And it's like, I could have rephrased this so much better. I could have worked so much harder. Like I could have shown, it's like, it's like, I always say killer in the entire world is what if, if you put like what and if together in a sentence, they will haunt you to the day you die. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it and if you think I'm wrong, just think of an instance and say like, "What if I did one thing differently?" And it it'll haunt you for the day. But please, like, if it's going to, don't do it. Don't. It's you don't need it in your life. But as much as like we are talking about how important it is to like address basically your mental your mental health because at the end of the day, like your mental health is just that just as if not more important than your physical health because if you're not in the right state of mind, you're not there. So it's just. In a sense, like, how do you or what do you do to, like, do better at your mental health? Like, decrease stress, decrease anxiety. Maybe, like, put yourself in, like, a better, happier place to be not necessarily depressed, but in a, like, in a sense that you, you feel happy and, like, warm in a place. Yeah, I think, you know, Katie and I are kind of just both coming at this for you guys um, from an angle of we've both been there. We both maybe are still there uh, struggling with little things here and there from day to day. And we want to let you guys know that it is a lot more common than you may think it is um, within today's society and especially within millennials. And, you know, as many, I feel like as many articles or as something as someone can read and say, oh, millennials are the generation to struggle with it most until they kind of hear it from someone, maybe even they know, or just someone that they're, you know, be able to relate to. I feel like that's when it clicks is when they hear it from someone they relate to rather than like an article on a page, you know? So I just, I think we're coming from an angle of we've been there. We still are there and we are here for you guys to try and help you, um, you know, relax a little or just um, battle and get through those tough times. Yeah, I definitely think I know everyone has like different ways they deal with it. And if it works for you, like, Hey, do it. Keep going. But like Dalton said, tips and tricks that like I've picked up and Dalton has picked up along the way that has really helped us out like through college. And I still do them today because like Dalton said, it's it's something that we all struggle with on a day to day basis. Some days you have like you're, you feel like you're on the mountaintop and some days you feel like you're you're sitting in the pit type of deal. So it's important to know like you're not alone and that there are options for you. Right. Yeah. I think uh, Katie hit the nail on the head there. I think life, life is a constant peak and valley ride and you're never going to have an entirety of your life. That's one or the other. I hope not. If someone's truly living on the peak for their entire life, then God bless you. And if someone's truly living in the valley for their entire life, then, you know, uh, contact us. I'd love to help you because you don't deserve to be in the, in the, in the pit your entire life. <laughs> um, but you know, I think let's, I'd love to get into ways that kind of, um, I break out from that slump or ways I 
and you as well, Katie, feel like, you know, we've maybe been down to the bottom and have found ways to pick ourselves back up. And I, it's not immediately for me, you know, it's, it's a process. It's never a thing where you just flip a switch and all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, it's back to normal. No, it, it's never like, I don't think anything is just like immediate. I feel like if it's like something that immediate, like there's a good chance you're faking it. <laughs> Without a doubt. And then <laughs> when you, and here's a, here's the thing too. I think when you fake it, you're putting yourself in almost more harm. Yeah. Truly embracing where you're at in life. And I think whether it's, um, whether it's what you're dealing with mentally or just anything in life, if you can embrace this, the problem right off the bat and just say, okay, I am struggling with this, you know, here's where I am. Where can I get to? I think like the biggest thing um, I know for me that I always do is like my first step is to figure out if it's a situation like I have set up like a really good close group of friends and people that I know I can turn to with any situation. I think for me, like the big thing that I always like first diagnose is, is this something that I, I need people to help me out with? Or is this something that I need to let people know, but also inform them that I need to figure this out on my own? And I think that's like my first step on like everything. If it's something I say like, hey, I need people to do it. I have four people on my phone that I know I can call and they will pick up and they will talk to me. They will talk to me through it. And if they don't answer right away, they will call me back as soon as they are available and say like, hey, like, let's talk. And I mean, I'm that person for other people too. So it, it works vice versa, but it's, I always think it's important. I was like, am I hurting myself and people around me if this is a situation that I need to figure out on my own by just screaming and yelling at them? Or is this something that they need to be involved to help me like ground myself in a sense? Oh, entirely there. And, and like you said, there are situations where, you know, having that group of people is just not going to help. And there's some things that you just personally sometimes need to get through on your own. But I think, I think step one really is having that group of people that you can go to. And not only that you can go to and spill everything out on, but like you said as well, which I think is a huge proponent of this, that you're always there for them too. You know, it's, it's, it's never just a one-way street when, when you're able to reach out to people that are there for you 24 seven, I think, you know, it, it always comes with a give and get mentality of, you know, listen, I understand at 3.30 AM on a, on a Tuesday after, on a Tuesday evening or a Tuesday morning, like if I'm struggling and you're happen to be awake, you're going to be there for me. And it's vice versa. It's that kind of platonic relationship that I think you should have with someone or a group of friends that is just plays such a major role in being able to kind of get through those tough times. Absolutely. I think I do. I do definitely think like your friend group is like important if, and I will say this and like, please like this might be harsh for some people. If your friend group is not the people, um, if your friend group doesn't help you out these situations, ignores you, doesn't really like, you know, associate with you on like those things or really doesn't give you like advice that you feel is helping, but hurting you. Like, I hate to say this, but like you need, to find someone who does. And unfortunately, like, those people are not them. Amen. And I think, and I feel like too, that's a, that's a very, very, very big issue with a lot of people out there that they've, they've built these core friends that they kind of grew up with. So they may be afraid to kind of distance themselves from these friends, even though their core group of friends at which they think are their, you know, their go-tos are actually hurting them in the long run, rather than actually giving them an ability to 
prosper and ability to build a better like self within themselves. They, they have those core friends that are actually hurting them. And it's really tough to break that bond. Yeah, I think I absolutely think the strongest people in the entire world are the people that are not afraid to rebuild. Like say, you know what, like let's scrap it to ground zero and let's go from the ground up. And like, I, I think you're like the strongest, bravest people in the world. But um, it takes a lot of a lot of interior, like, um, I don't know, fortitude. I think the word I'm looking for. It just it takes a lot of strength from the inside to be able to do that because you really are starting from scratch in a sense, and and that can be even tougher mentally. But I'll promise you, I think Katie and I have both went through it, and it's mentally freeing once you get past that initial barrier because there truly are people out there that are going to help you build yourself into something that's much more beneficial for yourself in the long run than people and old friends that are going to hurt you time and time again. Absolutely. Um, so another like really other than friends, what are some other things like you do for yourself? Um, I, I'm a huge outdoorsman. Um, I, I enjoy, and this might be because I'm an only child. Um, and I grew up with a, a lot of only, me time but i enjoy just taking walks um i enjoy i have a hammock um that it, it, in all seriousness when i when i'm like down and out um and just really contemplating a lot of things in life i just like to i like to take a book and a hammock and i'll just walk out um into some like state game land or something or just anywhere where there's just not any hustle and bustle there's no cars there's no people like somewhere where I can go for a full day and have no human interaction and just let the mind kind of wander and enjoy nature for what it is. Um, that's just one huge way for me that I can kind of just mentally get away from it all and have a little relaxation. And those kind of days I think are completely and utterly underrated in today's society. People forget that we have nature all around us and it's a truly freeing feeling to just be one with nature for a day and not have any human interaction. No, I like, I totally agree. There are even some days where I even just turn off my cell phone or I put it on airplane mode and it's just like no technology, just, just me and like the outdoors. I do think like some of my favorite places or even trips I've been is just in areas where it's just, you're forced to be with nature. And I'm not saying like the beach is great as the beaches. I mean, I'm talking about like hiking trails and like, rock climbing or like out in the wilderness where like you you have no other distractions but the wind the trees the leaves crunching type of deal sure no i, I I'm, I'm with you there 100 percent. you know it's um there just comes a time when there's no one you can reach out to that's going to make things better and you just need that time to kind of sit back and not have any interaction with anyone because in, in my case especially this is this is one reason why i kind of take this route is because i don't have a filter sometimes when i get into some sorts of moods and i'll say something that a i'm going to regret or that i'm going to look back on in a week or so and say wow i completely ruined that relationship by something i said because of the mood I was in or just because of something that just had me in a wrong place of mind. So mm -hmm. um, that's definitely another reason why I think <laughs> in, in my case um, is another smart, smart move for me to kind of just disassociate myself sometimes and 
um, get back into civilization the next day. Well, I also think like one of like the biggest things like people always just tell me, it's like one, never make a promise when you're happy and never say something when you're angry. Cause it's probably going to be words you regret. So, like there are a lot of times where I'm a big person where I tell people, I just need some space to like figure this out, especially if I've been in a relationship and I'm getting upset about something. It's all right, let me take take the space and I figure out like where it needs to go on and go from there type of deal. Um I mean, yeah, I do I do also do the nature is like one thing like I've actually tried, which people probably might make fun of me, is like the stress coloring books. I find them one of the most like relaxing things because it's just like something that's so mindless that you can just do that just just and it's just so calming because for 10 seconds like all you're trying to do is just color in a line to create a pretty design and as like weird as they are it's i find them very therapeutic and very calming just because it clears my head of like am i really angry at this or is this just like built up anger type of deal yeah and i think that's um i read something the other day i think it was by the huffington post that said um, and it's kind of ties back to being like our, with our, our millennial subject, but it said something about millennials are the um, are the largest buyer or consumer of adult coloring books. And I, I buy. I have three of them. I didn't put this together till you just said something about it, but I think it's a huge proponent of us being the most stressed out or mentally, um, you know, challenged. Uh, generation is why we're the why we're the largest consumer of them is because they are truly relaxing and they've been shown to help people not only in our generation but people with actual mental illnesses they've been shown to kind of like de-stress their brain and stuff like that so there's um, such a need for like that stuff it's just it's like therapeutical I literally just put the two together when you when you said that um damn that's uh that's really interesting. And I think, you know, if our listeners can take anything from that, go buy yourself an adult coloring book and uh, disengage for a day and just go color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's, I, I find it great just because mine's, I have three. So I have like a big one, a medium size, and then I even have a pocket edition for like when I'm traveling um, or even if it's like a short travel. Just something I can like take out and like color really quickly with like some like small like colored pencils that I have. Um, like I find that like really important, but like, I think I actually used to do this when I was in high school, um, senior year, because applying to colleges is really stressful. And it's just also stressful waiting to hear back if you got accepted. Um, my art teacher, her name was Mrs. Diamond. She was really big on trying to keep us all relaxed and like composed and we would do art and everything. But one thing that she would make us do is um if you haven't guessed she's my art she was my art teacher she would have us sit down and write one thing we were grateful or happy about that happened so it could be like something as simple as i ordered shoes online and they came or it could be something as big as like my best friend threw me a surprise birthday and it was so unexpected like that type of deal it was those small things and it was just we used it every single day just as a reminder and i remember like when people would have horrible days or really bad days she'd be like look back at your job journal entry like what were you grateful for like what was you grateful for this month and it's like those little things that remind you like 
as horrible as this day is going, like there are, there is something that I can find that I'm grateful about. And it was just like some stupid stuff. Or like, I looked back at it the other day. Cause I was like, what, what, what happened in my life that made me so happy? And like, what made me so sad? And it was just like such a great outlet. Like other people like do journal entries too, I think is amazing. I think gratitude is something that our generation may, might lack. And, and I think I've even noticed myself kind of lacking um, just the understanding and true appreciation of what we have um, at our fingertips and just not even that, but, you know, the amazing family that I've grown up in and um, the opportunity they've presented for me and, you know, that I'm truly thankful for what I actually have in life. And I think if you just step back and, and, take a minute every day just to kind of look over everything you'd actually do have rather than the things you don't have or the things that you're struggling with and just be grateful. I think gratitude is such a huge proponent of, of mentally being a lot happier. You know, if you just stop for a minute and just say, wow, you know, can you believe I actually have all of this? And I, I think that's a great step one of, you know, waking up and just realizing the good things in life. Yeah, I just think, um, like, also, like, we're just so stressed out, and, like, it's we're always trying to get, like, the next generation. I know I find myself doing a lot is as much as I like to say, like, I look at it as, like, the glass is half full, like, all the opportunities in front of you. Like, there are some days where I go, like, the glass is half empty, and on those days where the glass is half empty, I am, I am the, I'm my world's worst critic. I will criticize everything from oh my gosh, you have a pimple on your face. It's because you don't do X, Y, and Z to like, you're getting yelled at because this person did this to you type of deal. Crazy quick rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, it's it's a downward spiral once you get into it. So like it's, it's always good to have these outlets. Another thing that I really love to do, which I know you do as well, is it's workout. I mean, I I will go to the gym and if I'm so stressed out to the point where it's just like, I have all this built up anger, I will put my headphones on blast, blare some M&M and sprint on a treadmill until I'm like either ready to like burst into tears and break down or just absolutely feel relieved. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of the, as some, for those who don't do it, like try, even if it's just walking like doing whatever, working out, it just, it relieves so much stress from yourself. You're just able to be like, you can breathe. It's, it's a great source of anger. I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't work out, to be honest with you. And especially not even on the days I am angry, but hell, even on the days that, you know, I had a 95% good day and, you know, you have that one little thing that just like pisses you off, even to get in the gym and just like, there's that, that point and, and you work out in the morning. So it's a lot different from a, from a perspective here, but I work out in the evenings after work and I feel like, you know, I get out of work, I go right to the gym, I get my workout done and like leaving that gym, six thirty, seven o'clock going home, knowing you're just going to have dinner, sit down and do so. It just, there's something freeing about that. That just kind of, you know, the gym takes all that extra needed energy away from anything else that you might've been thinking about. And then you just, you almost don't have the energy to overthink things. You don't have the energy to, you know, worry about what else is going on because you just put it all out in the line in the gym for an hour. 
Yeah, I actually think um, last week I was actually uh, pretty sick. I was I had a massive sinus infection. It was so bad that I actually couldn't even eat because I felt so nauseous. And my mom's a nurse, so naturally when something's happening that's really bad and I just don't have time or I don't want to go see a doctor, I reach out to her and she gave me everything to do. And then like her last order and I even like texted all and I was, was you need to lay off the gym for a couple of days. And he was like, you're going to go insane. And sure enough, I went insane just because it's, it's simple. Like I told him that I work out in the morning. So a lot of the times in the morning I do it because it relieves the stress from the day before that may still be built up. I'm able to like calm myself down on my ride home from work often, but also like it puts me in a good mood to start my day. So I know I'm at least starting it on the right foot and moving forward to do better. So I find that really important for myself. So that's why I'm always aiming to do better. But I think, I think what's um, what, what I could kind of move from that is, you know, what, if people can't get to the gym or if people don't have that luxury or that opportunity to be meditate in the and to kind of let go of that stress. And, you know, what is a, what is a surefire way? If, you know, if you woke up in the morning, you went into work, your day was going well and just shit hit the fan, you know, what, what are ways that maybe you attack it? And I can kind of look at it from my perspective too, but ways that you can attack it other than, the gym to kind of get your mind back on the right state of state of mind i used to knock it but once i tried it it's kind of been like heavenly um meditating like i light a candle and i just i like turn off the phone i like dim the lights and i just like relax and breathe and everyone has different forms of meditation i'm not talking like i go like um in a corner for two hours it's i kind of just like it helps me align my thoughts and just break down, especially when I can't go to the gym. I think it's like really awesome just for me to like clear my head and like get in a mindset because I know I can't be the only one that if I had a really stressful day, and even if the gym didn't help mm-hmm. and I try to go to bed, I'm staring at the ceiling for five hours because everything in my head that went wrong is replaying itself over and over and over again, whether it's like my boss yelling at me or a project going wrong or whatever. It just replays in my head to the point where I'm keeping myself up at night. Exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think meditation is a is a huge proponent. And I hear a lot of a lot of my friends and you know now uh, hearing you say that they've tried it and had a lot of success with it. Um, I haven't personally um, given it a try, but it's uh, it's something that so many people kind of rely on and I think it speaks words to the opportunity that's within it to to kind of just free yourself and free your mind to uh kind of get back to a a level level headedness yeah I think life happens and not every day happens um I work out and I go to the gym I get a fresh breath of air um I call friends I also bake I find baking or like cooking to be so relaxing for me. <laughs> like I have a really good friend who um, lives in the area and he'll come over and he can tell when I've had like a really stressful day because there's eight different types of baked goods on my kitchen count to kitchen table and I'm like begging him to eat them all. It's I remember one time he came over and I had like cupcakes, slutty brownies and three different types of cookies. And he was like, are you sure you're okay? 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm doing great. That's all the feelings right there made with hate and anger and a little bit of love, but like they still taste just as good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to kind of ask our, our listeners, uh, people who are interacting with us today, you know, what do you guys do to de-stress? We, Katie and I have kind of laid out everything on the line as far as how we look at um, ways to to get through the day when we've had a bad day or when we're feeling anxious and, you know, um, kind of ways to settle our own minds. But at not classified millennial uh, on Instagram and at millennial underscore guide on Twitter. Um, we're going to post about this and, you know, hopefully can get some replies back um, on what you guys do to free the mind. Hashtag free the mind is what we're going to. Um, is what we're going to be looking for. And, you know, if you guys interact with us and can uh, maybe we'll spotlight you guys or, you know, repost a few of the ways that uh, you, our listeners, free the mind. I'm sure other people have other things like you and I, we've even said it like we've had um, a glass of wine or beer or even maybe more than a glass or wine or beer. And as great as it is to have that drink, please just remember the answer is not at the bottom of the bottle. Like have the drink to clear your head. If like, you know, a sip of red wine gets you in the mood to like relax and like put your thoughts in order, go for it. If you need to get blacked out drunk for a night, go for it. But know in advance that whatever you do, <laughs> the answer is not going to be at the bottom. You're not going to suddenly be on your 10th beer and be like, I, was gonna say, I have the answer to the world. Oh, you don't. Say, I'll let you finish finish your uh, your thought there but i blacked out at the end of the night never in the history of me ever getting blacked out did i wake up in the morning and say damn that was beneficial <laughs> <laughs> no but it makes you feel good for a little bit i mean i have you've seen them i have little cups that say like i know drinking's not gonna solve the answer but it's gonna numb the pain a bit yeah. and yeah it, it does numb the pain but i'm also like very good on remembering like it's one or two glasses i can't do 600. Well, that's it. That's kind of what I was getting at is, you know, even on my worst days, uh, when I've gotten through the gym and that still wasn't enough, you know, a glass of wine with dinner usually just kind of finishes it off, you know, and, and just puts you in the, in a nice relaxed state of mind to get through the rest of the evening. And honestly, at the end of the, at the end of the day, that glass of wine helps me go to sleep and you know, <laughs> sleep helps you sleep it off. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes like where you're just like, I mean, I've been in relations with people where I have, where I've dated, and it's like we've had a pretty big blowout argument, and it's one of those things where like you mean something to me clearly. I don't need, I don't need, nor do I want to push you in a situation that's that's gonna make you hate me because I'm angry and I say something angry, and even if it's my parents, I'm. I try to do my best, and even especially with my parents. Like if they say something that really aggravates me, I always just say, like, let me take a step back. Let me let me think. Let me process this. Because at the end of the day, like the words you say and hate are the most painful words because a lot of people just take it as like, you really meant that just because like you said and went and hate and and that's really upsetting. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what we what we both agreed on earlier too. It's just like you know, if, if you know you're at a point where you're so angry that, you know, words are going to be hurtful, not only in the short term, but in the long term, just don't say it. 
You're going to, you're going to thank yourself a million times over in the morning, the next week, the next month, next, you know, if you have deja vu five years from now and you say, man, remember that time I was so pissed off and I just walked the other way or just didn't say what I was going to say because it could have been so hurtful. And I think, I think that's a great spot to end on today is just, if you're at a point in your life where you're just so angry or you're so stressed out. Yeah. If you're just inundated with emotion, whether it's depressed or angry or anxious and, and you, you have a, you have a thought come to mind that is just vile, put it away, walk the other way. It's hard to do, but you're being the bigger person and that'll speak dividends for you in the long run. Yeah. I mean, it is good if you do have something you need to say to someone like Think about it before you say it. I'm a big person where when I'm really angry, I type things out in my notes of like how I'm feeling. And then I like give it a couple hours or even a night to like breathe and reread it and realize, okay, now that you're done being the devil's daughter, like let's rephrase that to a nicer stance. Um, Yeah, those types of things. But as much as me and Dalton, like I do want to stress like, it is really natural to be stressed, to have anxiety and even depression. Like we said, it's, it's all that. And we do have our tips and tricks to work and they do help us get through day to days. And we have some really amazing good days and we do have some really bad days. But I do think like one thing that's super important for us to say is like, if you find this to be something that's really consistent, like don't be afraid to seek medical help. Like no one should be ashamed of it. Everyone has done it. Everyone has talked to a professional, whether it's for a little bit or a second, like your friends, unless they have a degree are are not professionals. Um, Some people might even say they're just as crazy as you are and have just this going through the same stuff. And it's good to talk to But if you, if you seriously have an issue, like, please don't be afraid to seek medical help or attention. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and um, I just think at the end of the day, you need to take care of yourself. And admitting that, you know, maybe it is a little bit more chronic than most people is not a downfall. You know, millions and millions of people suffer from whether it's anxiety, depression, or, you know, um, having a mind loss as to what else there's out there. But there's plenty of other symptoms and uh, things out there that people struggle with that can get medically um, improved and never, ever, ever think that you're less of a person because you're struggling with this. We're all out there. We're all there to help you. And I think, you know, last but not least, if you're, if you're struggling with it and have no one to go to, the Not So Classified Millennial Survival Guide is here for you. Reach out to us on Instagram. Reach out to us on Twitter. And, and if you don't have an outlet, we'll be your outlet. We will help you as well. We love chatting, as you can clearly say. And as much as we seem like we have it all together, we've been through some crazy stuff. So we've kind of heard it all, been through it all, experienced it all. So please like feel free to reach out and don't ever think you're like bothering us. And if you do, for example, want to specifically talk to Dawn or myself, like we both use our Instagram and our Twitter. So like if you do want to speak to like one of us specifically, like don't be afraid. Like you're not going to offend us if you want to just talk to Dalton and like be like, Hey, um, Dalton, 
feel free, like will not be offended. I won't even read the conversation. I'll keep that private between the two of you, the two of you. Um, just don't, versa. don't feel afraid. Yeah. And vice versa. If you, if you know, ladies, if you're out there and, and just want to talk to Katie or um, guys, if you feel like confiding in a woman or just need, you know, advice, I think at the end of the day, we're both, um, we're both here to, um, you, you guys make this all possible. And this is the, you know, you are the reason why we do this. So, um, we love you guys. And I thank you so much for listening on this Friday and have a great weekend. Happy freaking weekend. Yeah. Awesome guys. Well, till next time. See you Monday. Bye.